Hello there, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on this dreary Monday. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Glad to be with y'all. Uh, right now it is not raining, but as Mark was talking about, keep uh, keep a close eye on those school zones. Keep a close eye on the roads because we do not want the weather or that afternoon after school traffic to be getting anybody in trouble. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation and I want to start right out of the gate asking a question. I want you guys to call in and answer this question. Can conservative, actually it's a two-part question. Can conservatives get rid of Mitch McConnell? And should they? I'm no fan of Mitch McConnell. I will say that right now. I have lovingly written about him at Red State as a supervillain. Uh, Mitch McConnell is, uh, he is very much a creature of the establishment. He is a longtime fixture in Washington, D.C. Five decades, five decades he's been in Washington, D.C. And that is, I agree with all of you, that is far too long. But I don't think Mitch McConnell is going anywhere unless he himself decides to go somewhere. Now, you have a lot of candidates who are backed by Trump, who like Trump, who are out there saying Mitch McConnell's got to go. To be fair, a lot of Tea Party candidates said that back in the early 2000s. In the, in, in, the, in the last decade and a half, you've had people out there saying Mitch McConnell's got to go, especially during the Obama era. You had a lot of conservatives out there saying Mitch McConnell has got to go. And they raise a good point. Mitch McConnell's not the most conservative guy out there. Mitch McConnell has actively stood in the way of conservative proposals in the Senate. He has been out there fighting against some of the hardline conservative ideas that have come into the Senate. When you had young conservatives like Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, all these Tea Party folks who came in, it was Mitch McConnell and John Boehner who stood against those conservative ideas. So yes, right out the bat, right out the gate, I do agree that Mitch McConnell has been there too long and he is not really a friend of conservatives. But, but... It's very hard to make the argument that the GOP would be better off without him. Better off without him as leader? Maybe. But better off without him in general? Very hard to say. Uh, the Wall Street Journal points out this, this problem for conservatives. The biggest campaign story last week wasn't Mitch McConnell's warning that Republicans may not retake the Senate in November, that's been clear since the party nominated so many candidates whose main advantage was support from Donald Trump. The big story was that those candidates are now calling on Mr. McConnell to come to their rescue. Exhibit A is Ohio, where the super PAC allied with Mr. McConnell, the Senate Leadership Fund, is committing $28 million to save GOP nominee J.D. Vance. The, quote, hillbilly elegy author won the primary in a divided field after Mr. Trump endorsed him. But Mr. Vance has struggled to raise money from the GOP donor network he disdained as he courted the populist right. That worked in the primary, but it may not be enough to win in November. Now, this is, again, all 
from the Wall Street Journal. But they have a point. Mitch McConnell isn't going anywhere. He is going to decide when his political career is over. And it's not going to be conservatives that take him out. Part of the advantage that the old guard and the establishment have is the access to regular longtime donors, particularly big dollar donors. And you may not like it, but money funds campaigns. It was, uh, I think, last week, uh, talking with Stephen Handwork on, uh, on Winging It Wednesday. And he mentioned, I can't remember if it was on air or off the air, but candidates who will routinely decide, you know what, we're not taking donations because I don't want people to think I'm bought. Okay, well, fine, but you can't, you know, afford to win. I mean, you, you can't pay for a victory. You can't get your name out there in the media. You can't pay for any pieces to hit pe- people's mailboxes. You can't pay for yard signs. You can't do any of that if you've got no money. Money drives the elections. And Mitch McConnell has access to millions. Donald Trump has been raking in a lot of small dollar donations. In fact, he's dominating the small dollar donations to the point where that money is going to Trump instead of to these candidates who are currently running for office. And here's the thing. The McConnell Super PAC, Senate Leadership Fund, is given $28 million to J.D. Vance. Donald Trump hasn't given any. That's going to be a problem for these Senate candidates that are relying so much on Donald Trump. Donald Trump got them across the primary finish line. But it remains to be seen if Donald Trump can get them over the general election line. That $28 million going to J.D. Vance, that helps. The millions that they will be sending to other places to help candidates that are in tight races, that will help. Now, that's $28 million going to J.D. Vance right now in the Trafalgar Group, a Republican-leaning polling firm, has Vance in a poll today up plus, I want to say it was plus five. It was either plus four or plus five. Let me check on that real quick, just to make sure my facts are right. Yes, J.D. Vance up plus five. But here's the problem. The current governor of Ohio, uh, Mike DeWine, is up 16 points in his reelection bid. J.D. Vance is not necessarily carrying the Republicans or the voters that DeWine is. There's a double-digit gap between those two Republicans. Now, DeWine has won statewide election. He has He's known. J.D. Vance, however is trying to build up that support, and he hasn't quite locked everything in yet. The problem is money. DeWine has run elections. He's run statewide elections. He has a war chest. J.D. Vance does not have a war chest for running a statewide election yet, and he's not getting small-dollar donations, so he needs to rely on super PAC donations. And if the Senate Leadership Fund is infusing all this money into Ohio, that's good for J.D. Vance, but that's bad for Republicans nationwide because that money should be going to places where Republicans are at an even steeper disadvantage. But they have to shore up the races 
they know they can they they, they have the best shot of winning. There was a story that came out last week that the uh, the RNC is shuffling some money around, putting a freeze on some spending in Pennsylvania. Right now, Mamet uh, Oz, Doctor Oz, is running behind John Fetterman, the, the state's lieutenant governor. You heard Moon talking about Fetterman this morning. Fetterman's crazy. Fetterman was on his parents' payroll. They were basically giving him an allowance until he was in his 40s. The man took no care of his health right before the primary. He had a stroke. He still hasn't been out on the campaign trail regularly. But Oz has allowed Fetterman and his campaign to define him as somebody out of touch, somebody who can't even count the number of homes he has, who can't even remember where his homes are. And Oz is struggling in that race. Fetterman doesn't have to debate Oz. He's already won statewide election. Oz has not. And Oz doesn't have the money right now to go out and run a massive offensive here. So Oz is out there saying, I need to challenge, or, you know, John Fetterman needs to, to accept my challenge for a debate. Fetterman doesn't have to debate him. He should. But Fetterman's recovering from a stroke. It may not look good for him to be on that debate stage. I certainly wish they would. But from a political strategy standpoint, he doesn't have to. But Pennsylvania is not a race that Republicans should be losing right now, but they are. And it all goes back to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is putting money into races that the Republicans desperately need to win in order to take back the Senate. But the candidates who have relied solely on Donald Trump are struggling, and now they have to turn to Mitch McConnell for help. That will affect whether or not conservatives can actually limit McConnell's power going forward. 232-1542. Again, call in, please. Do you think that conservatives can or should get rid of Mitch McConnell? We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, the question of the day, should conservatives get rid of Mitch McConnell? Can they, but should they? Kind of tough to tell. I mean, in a perfect world, yes, get rid of Mitch McConnell. He is the greatest supervillain to the conservative movement there is. But, you know, so you know, he's kind of like Lex Luthor. If you'll just give me a moment to explain this. Lex Luthor believes that what he's doing is right. More often than not, Lex Luthor acts in a way to protect, or what he thinks is protecting Earth, from hostile forces. That's what, that's what Mitch McConnell is doing. Mitch McConnell is trying to protect the conservative or the, the Republican Party from the extreme far right. And his position as a Republican senator has put him at odds with conservatives just as often, if not more sometimes, than when he's been on their side. He was not, by any stretch of the imagination, an ally of Donald Trump, but the two found themselves on the same side, on several instances. And whether you like it or not, the overturning of Roe versus Wade was thanks in large part to Mitch McConnell, who ruled with an iron fist over the Senate, uh, triggered the nuclear option for Supreme Court candidates, 
or nominees and did his absolute best to reform the judicial branch through nominees given by Donald Trump, but supplied to Trump by McConnell and the Federalist Society. These were good conservative judges. Mitch McConnell's done a lot. You may not like him, but there are a lot of things that he's done using his office, using his power to get some victories in. But now a lot of people are wary because he's sounding the alarm about low quality Senate candidates. And you know what? He's not entirely wrong. Mehmet Oz is struggling. J.D. Vance should not be struggling and needing more cash, but there he is. Uh, Kari Lake in Arizona is going to need more help. Herschel Walker in Georgia going to need more help. These are states that Republicans should not be losing, but they're struggling right now. And that money goes to them rather than going to reinforce Eric Schmidt in in Missouri, uh, Adam Lexalt in Nevada, who stands a very good chance of beating Catherine Cortez Masto, but needs the financial support that is right now going to other candidates. Mitch McConnell, his influence and his money is necessary. And it will be necessary going forward if Republicans want to maintain power in Washington, D.C. So it's very difficult to imagine getting rid of him. I want to read this tweet to you. I remember sitting at my mom and dad's dining room table and watching them choose which bills they were going to pay that month because there wasn't enough money to pay them all. That's why I'm doing everything in my power to lower costs for families. That is a tweet from the office of Joe Biden, president of the United States. Biden himself, incidentally, is on vacation in Delaware. Some interns sent this. The only problem is the Biden administration is still doing very little to actually up energy production in the United States. Instead, they're pivoting and saying that this is um, that that the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is not an Inflation Reduction Act at all, uh, is uh, the key to American energy independence. They want to be a net exporter of energy by focusing all American energy on green and green initiatives, and anything that we produce from fossil fuels, send that out elsewhere. Now, we've got an energy crisis looming around the rest of the world that's being fed into a lot of this. Uh, Right now, the price of natural gas in the United States just hit a 14-year high off of fresh concerns over a total shutdown in Europe. Unscheduled maintenance is being performed at Nord Stream 1 pipelines, which pumps gas from Russia to Europe. European gas prices jumped 19% on Monday alone. What's worse is that Citigroup is warning British inflation could hit more than 18% in the coming year, and Germany has decided to proceed with the closing of its three remaining nuclear power plants. There is a European energy crisis that's only going to get worse. And the Biden administration is doing nothing to alleviate that because they are focused on these green initiatives that won't do anything in the immediate future. We're going to take a break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, and we'll be back in just a moment with more right here on News Talk, KPL 96.5. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. So, Democrats... 
don't want Joe Biden anywhere around them. The Washington Post surveyed several dozen Democrats and found out that not only do they not mention Joe Biden on the campaign trail, in their ads, on their websites, they don't even want him to come be on the campaign trail with them. This from the Washington Post. He's being attacked more often in televised ads than Obama was in, at this point in 2010 or Trump was at this point in 2018. He goes largely unnamed on Democratic campaign websites and Twitter accounts. And candidates in key races and battleground states are either ask, not asking him to come or actively avoiding him when he does. This is according to a Washington Post survey of more than 60 candidates in the most competitive gubernatorial U.S. Senate and congressional campaigns in the country. Few candidates said they wanted Biden to come for them in their state uh, to campaign for them in their state or district, with many not responding to the question at all. The Post also asked if candidate President Harris as a surrogate campaigner for the Biden administration and got the same set of unenthusiastic responses. It is, uh, it's pretty bad if you're Joe Biden right now. You know, Joe Biden used to be extremely popular in the Democratic Party. He was a longtime fixture in Washington, D.C., you know, like I mentioned Mitch McConnell was. But right now, Joe Biden is deeply unpopular. And the Democrats in general are deeply unpopular. There was uh, an NBC News poll that came out over the weekend. Republicans in that poll have a two-point advantage, 50, uh, 47 to four, uh, 45, in the generic ballot, which is not something you normally see at this point in the year. At this point, the Democrats are, should be having a, a fairly nice bump in the polls right now. And in fact, they had been up until recently. The average on the generic ballot, according to Real Clear Politics, is a 0.2 point advantage for the Republicans. Again, not something you usually see. You normally see Democrats ahead in polls. And most pollsters at this point figure there's a two to three point bias in the polls for Democrats at this point. But if Republicans are winning the generic ballot, that's a problem. Here's what else the NBC News poll found. 57% of registered voters say that the investigation into alleged wrongdoing by Trump should continue. 42% of registered voters approve of, of Biden's job performance and 55% disapprove. 13 points underwater. Biden's approval rating is highest among Democrats at only 79%. And what's worse, it's 68% among black voters, 50% among urban residents, and 47% for women. And that's his highest demographics. His highest ones. Biden's approval rating is lowest among Hispanic voters at 40%, men at 36%, and those 18 to 34 at 36%. Rural residents at 21% and Republicans at 7%. Who are the 7% of Republicans that are approving of, of, of Joe Biden? Who are they? 
Liz Cheney and her, her crowd don't make up 7% of Republicans. Very strange. Anyway, 40% of voters approve of Biden's handling of the economy. 47% of registered voters would prefer Republicans winning control of Congress, while 45% want Democrats to stay in charge. Three quarters of voters are saying the country is headed in the wrong direction. You cannot come up with worse polling than that. You cannot come up with anything less helpful to the Democrats than that. And that's the reason that Joe Biden's not being asked on the campaign trail. Voters are equating the current economic situation, the current overall mood of the country is a reflection of Joe Biden's leadership as president. Now, you can argue whether it's fair or not. But the fact of the matter is, when you're in charge, the buck does does indeed stop with you. And Joe Biden has been deflecting as much of the blame as possible while trying to take credit for as many of the successes as possible. And it's not working. American voters are just generally upset with the direction of the country and the people in charge, Joe Biden and the Democrats are taking all the blame for it. The Democrats are still relying on an abortion bump. They're still relying on the Mar-a-Lago raid bump. I mentioned the other day, Ron Klain seems to really think that this is going to be a season of substance for the Democrats to run on. That look at everything that got done over the last two weeks, and this is something the people can celebrate and that shows the people that the Democrats are in charge and they're working hard. The only substance of the season may be cocaine for whoever's in charge of the White House. Because American voters are still horrified at the state of things. They are out there making the claim that you are better off right now than you were when Joe, when Donald Trump was in office. They are making that claim. And the only thing that happened during Trump's administration that set things back was COVID. And while we have recovered somewhat, the economy is in worse shape. Inflation is up far past any wage increase. There are continued supply shortages. There are continued uh, spikes in energy prices. I listened to multiple talk shows today, just flipping through a lot of different ones. Multiple talk shows talked about energy prices, not gas prices, home energy prices. We have numerous stories in local media about LUS and other energy providers and what they're doing to try to minimize the inflated price that you're having to pay on your utility bills. The Democrats are ignoring all of this. They instead want to focus on abortion. They want to focus on uh, the, the, the climate bill, the, climate, the, the so-called inflation reduction, Act, but it's really a climate bill. They're focusing on all of these things and they are not focusing on what you and I care about most. And that is, hey, are we going to actually be making more money? Or is inflation inflation still going to 
soar past our wage hikes. Are we going to be able to afford gas? Because here in Louisiana, it's still on average 60 cents higher than it was when Joe Biden took office. Are we going to be able to afford our grocery bill? Are we going to be able to pay our energy bill, our utility bill? And the Democrats aren't talking about any of those things. But they want you to know, absolutely, go out and buy an electric car. Go ahead and put solar panels on your roof. Go ahead and put an energy, uh, a, 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 an electric vehicle charging station at your home. You'll get tax credits for that in a few months. Pay the thousands upon thousands of dollars for all that up front. And the, the money you'll get making cash rebates is more than enough to offset all. No, it's not. You'll be in the hole for thousands upon thousands of dollars first. Guys, the Democrats and the Biden administration are truly, truly out to lunch on all this. And it's not getting any better anytime soon for any of them. We're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to squeeze in here at the last segment of my show, but don't forget, I'll be on offsides here shortly. So I don't know if y'all recognize the, na the name Maggie Haberman. I think Bongino talks about her kind of regularly because she's always had scoops from inside the Trump inner circle. And, and, and Trump would announce her scoops. But at the same time, the facts rarely came out to counter what Haberman actually said several times. Um, many, many of the times it kind of went undisputed by the actual facts of the scenario. One of the theories that's been floating around among conservatives for years is that Trump is himself was the one talking to Haberman and then would go out and denounce it or whatever and, and play up the drama because Trump loves to talk as an anonymous source to New York media has for decades. It's part of his charm, frankly. But Haberman had this very interesting quote today. We don't, or yesterday, I'm sorry. We don't know whether Donald Trump is actually running. Everybody around him says he's running. It is advantageous to Donald Trump to talk about running at a time when prosecutors are looking at him. You have to put that aside. But let's say in a world that he does run, they, meaning Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, would be sharing that lane. And depending on which DeSantis advisor you talk to, you hear, that's okay, he's going to do his own thing, or he's not really sure he wants to, or his advisors are not sure if he wants to go ahead and do what Ted Cruz did in 2016. Ted Cruz, of course, kept in that same lane that Donald Trump was occupying and ended up kind of embarrassingly almost having to shill for the guy that he said right before Donald Trump became the nominee that he despised. I mean, the, there was a lot of bad blood between Trump and Ted Cruz. And among some conservatives, Ted Cruz didn't come out looking all that great because of how quickly he shifted from having that very, very public uh, dispute with Cruz, uh, with, with Trump to turning around and endorsing the guy and uh, robocalling for him and everything. But I, I think it's an interesting thing an interesting quote from Haberman, who, whether you agree with her or not, has been uh, very much uh, somebody who's plugged into Trump's inner circle. And if she's saying he may sit out, then, you know, he may be sitting out. Here's more from Haberman. He definitely has a lane referring to Trump. Or, or, uh, DeSantis. He definitely has a lane. The question is whether he's sharing with Donald Trump and whether he or not he actually wants to be 
in a cage match with Donald Trump, and I'm not convinced he does. She then went on to say, we don't know whether Donald Trump is actually running. If Haberman's saying that, that means it's still an unsettled question in the Trump circle. And I've been saying this for a while, although I think the Mar-a-Lago raid pushed Trump in the direction of running. He still has an opportunity to get out. But there was a lot of talk there for a while that Trump was going to be announcing before the midterm elections. And you'll notice that talk has died down. There were a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives, even Trump allies, who were very hesitant. They did not want Trump to make an announcement before the midterms. It would, they said, and I agree, completely distract from the messaging of the 2022 election cycle, which is all about the economy, all about the failures of the Democrats and, and Joe Biden, all about the super woke progressive movements, all of these issues that are rallying voters to the GOP's banner for the moment, for Trump to jump in would completely distract from the messaging. And that's what the Republicans are afraid of. And that is going to continue to be something Republicans are afraid of until the actual election. If Trump does not announce, then that's good for Republicans. And then maybe, just maybe, after the midterms, he makes the decision whether or not he wants to run or not. But right now, Donald Trump is not committed to running. That's what I'm getting from the Haberman quote, and I think that's right. And I've, I've maintained that's right for this entire time. A lot of people have disagreed and all that. I'm just not sure he's going to follow through with this promise or threat of running. He strongly, strongly expressed interest in running again. And frankly, if Donald Trump runs against Joe Biden again, Donald Trump wins. That is a huge, huge likelihood that Trump would win if he goes up against Biden again. But we're also not sure if Biden's running again. Biden is old. He's struggling on the trail. He's starting on Thursday a tour around the country to tout the inflation. I'm sorry, Build Back Better 2.0. But we don't yet know if Biden's actually going to run again. He says he is. Trump says he's going to run again. But they haven't actually formally announced. Who would Trump run against, though, in 2024? It's not going to be Kamala Harris. It's not going to be Pete Buttigieg. Will it be Gavin Newsom? I don't know. But if it's Gavin Newsom, you want Gavin Newsom up against a Ron DeSantis because now you have two governors who have been in office at the same time and you can compare their records and the records aren't comparable. Gavin Newsom has let his state down. I'm sorry, not let his state down, led them down the wrong path. He's been the Pied Piper of progressivism leading his state into the wages of sin and damnation. Ron DeSantis opened his state up earlier than most states, has a roaring economy, has a lot of Hispanic support. He has a record. He has gone to fight those super woke progressive movement. He has win after win after win in terms of legislation, in terms of policy that Americans generally agree with and generally like. Do you get a DeSantis versus a Newsom or God help us all? Do we get Trump versus Biden again? 
Hard to say. But if Maggie Haberman's out there saying we don't know if Trump is going to run again, that suggests to me that Trump is not sure. Trump himself is not sure about whether or not he should run. And I'll tell you guys what I've been saying for quite a while now. Donald Trump is best served by going out and playing kingmaker. He can maintain his popularity and support within the party without being a distraction. Because if Trump is out there on the campaign trail running for office, he is a distraction from the issues that Republicans can win on. You may not like that I've said that, but that's going to be what happens. He's going to be a distraction. But if Trump is out there coronating his successor, that's quite different. All right, 23 hours until the next Joe Cunningham show. But hey, don't worry because I'm back for offsides. Mark will be joining me. We'll be talking about all sorts of fun issues today here on the show. 232-1542 if you want to take part in that as well. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show and email me at redstate.com. This is it for the Joe Cunningham Show. Talk to you guys again tomorrow and in a few minutes here on Offsides on News Talk 96.5 KPL.